Okay, there we are. Now we have volume. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. God bless you. Um, praise God this morning for this day that the Lord have made, and we're rejoicing in the midst of it. I give thanks to God this morning for all that he is doing for me on the 21st day of January um, in the year of 2024. Uh, an awesome day. Uh, it's cold outside, uh, probably all over uh, in all of the areas that we're speaking this morning, probably even in Florida. Um, if our Florida family is tuning in, text in and let us know what your temperature is this morning. Um, but we're at a very cold 20 degrees, I think 17 degrees when I did walk in this morning. Um, I'm sure that in the state of Ohio, uh, this is nothing out of the ordinary for you. Uh, however, we have um, experienced in the state of Alabama some most unusual uh, precipitation in the way of some snow and some ice and also the cold weather. Um, but it is extreme this morning. But the wonderful part is, is that the Lord, our God, knows that in some way or another, even though we don't see it and even though we don't understand it, believe me when I tell you we need it and it's working perfect right now for someone. And later on, we're going to discover that it's working well for us. So let's just give out a very sincere and let's give out a very meaningful genuine thank you jesus that's right everybody thank you jesus for the for all things are good but even for the things that we have determined to be bad we thank you for that the things that we have determined to be indifferent because this is the day that you have made, and we rejoice, and we're glad in it. We are not Israelites, people. We are the firstborn of the dead, of Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us. We are the children of God. When I say that we're not Israelites, I'm saying that we are not complaining. We're not on our way to... Uh, uh, to glory in the way that Christ gave his life for us, what we call heaven. I, I kind of miss that word sometime because uh, it's so not fully meaningful with what Christ did, but it's all we have. We're not on our way to heaven complaining. Amen. Uh, we are not on our way. Uh, Tracy chimed in. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning, Tracy. And when I see others chime in, thank you, Jesus, I'm going to call your name, too. That's the way I get everybody to call the roll this morning. Amen. As Janet says, present when she walks in the church. Present. So I need everybody to shout out a hearty thank you, Jesus. And then I'm going to get ready for prayer this morning, and we're going to move in because I know that I have so many people that are standing out by a well. Good morning, Janet. Standing out by a well waiting. Uh, but I'm sure that your wait has not been boring because you have been spending time with the Lord by the well. Uh, I did send over some treats to 
uh, Mother Gloria Tucker during the course of the week as she was sitting by the well. I sent her some oranges and some bananas and uh, some uh, Tootsie Rolls and some peanut butter logs and all the old-fashioned candy. I sent her, that's right, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Cassie. Thank you, Jesus, Janet. Um, I sent Gloria over some um, some oranges and bananas. Yeah, that's all right. I'm letting y'all know that she was by the well eating. Gloria Tucker, mother Gloria Tucker was sitting by the well eating. And she must not be in here yet, but someone's going to tell her and she's going to get in here and she's going to let us know. So um, because I know that she was inside and during these cold periods, so I really wanted to just send her something special. Um, I'm glad to know that all of you during the course of this week have found a way um, to uh, to just, you know, just not not give in and not give up. I'm grateful. I'm glad that you're here. The last words that I heard from my wife as I left out this morning, I am so excited to hear what we're about to get this morning. That was music to my ears. I am so excited to hear. Thank you, Jesus, Samuel. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning to you as well. When, when my wife said to me, um, I'm excited. My God, that to me has made the rest of my week. When one of the children of God expresses openly an excitement to be ready to be fed with the bread from heaven because it is the only thing that is left, the only substance that is left that will sustain us in these last trying days. Also from a mother-in-law, I heard from her who said as well, you do not see us because I don't know how to log in and put our names in yet. Uh, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, Bill, they don't know exactly how to do all of this electronic device stuff, but we in there. So to her, Regina and Eddie, thank you, Jesus. Type it in there, Regina. Thank you, Jesus. You may be just coming in. Type, type in, thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, genuine, sincere, thank you, Jesus, for you and Eddie. Uh, but... Uh, Good morning, everyone. Glad, glad you survived. Right. Praise him. Hallelujah. I love that, that we survived. Uh, but my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, they can't come in. They would love to, to come in to chat with us, but they haven't gotten there yet, and this is how my mother-in-law is. I ain't going to touch anything because at least I'm here, and if I try to fix something, then I may just end up just knocking myself completely out. I understand that. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Regina. So um, we understand, but we know that they are here. They are here, and I've got to get to Aniston to get all of that stuff set up. Amen. Well, everybody is here. There, that Keita Maxwell and Wayne Christopher Johnson. Thank you, Jesus, from Orlando, Florida. What's the temperature in Orlando? What's the temperature in Orlando? We need to know um, so that we know before we all get in a van and come to Florida. We need to know. What, it, what is the temperature 
uh, Keita and Chris, what's the temperature in Florida so that we can know whether we need to go to lower ground or not? <laughs> that's not higher ground. That's the south. So we need to know whether we need to get ready to go to lower ground. But, uh, oh, my God, everybody's here. I'm excited. Let me get my prayers out so that I can start preaching the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, let's go ahead. Eternal God, thank you so much for everyone that is named in this room and those whose names we don't see. God, we honor you with everything that we are. We honor you with our existence. We honor you with our breath. We honor you with the ability to move our hands. We honor you with the functioning of our minds, the ability to speak. Everything that we have is an instrument of praise unto you, everything about us. Everything around us that you have enabled us to possess and call it ours, the microphone, the computers, the mind to put all of this together. The COVID that caused us to start this in the first place, it worked <laughs> for us. Yes, there were lives that resulted in that. That too was a part of your plan. And we're going to talk about that today, God. How even the things sometimes that work good for us and not so good for others, everything is working positively and everything is to your glory. And we now submit to you that everything that we have, everything that we are, we offer it up as a praise unto you. Now, you're not into flesh. You're not into material things. But what we're saying is, God, is our heart by which you rest, our path of communication between you and us. This is what we say. When we say, thank you, Jesus, we praise and we worship you in the beauty of your holiness. And now bless all of these that have come together in a special manner. Hear their prayers because they're praying. Answer their prayers because they're waiting. And we give you thanks in advance. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. 51 degrees in Florida. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 51, that's cold. That's cold for Florida. 51 degrees. But right now we could use that. But we good. All right, you all. Everybody is left at the well. All of us. We've been by the well all week. We've been at a place that is a designated place, wherever that place may be in our life, where we encounter Jesus. The well is a place, in the case of the Samaritan woman, that she would go as a place of worship. Now, during those days in religious times, it was important that they had something that was tangible. They needed something that they could touch especially as we move from Eastern religions where they need Buddhas and Hare Krishnas, they need objects to touch. Jacob's well was an object of worship. 
And God accepted this. He, he accepted this during those times that people felt as though they had to get to some specific place or at some specific time. And they did this the same way that we do today when we say that we're fasting. It is a type of worship, something that we can put inside of the parameters of time. Are you hearing me? We make it a physical or tangible, something that we can put and conceptualize within the parameters of time because we find it challenging when we just speak into the atmosphere at any time, at any place, and know that that is a worship unto God. Every step and every breath, everywhere, at any time, so during these times, this, this woman would go to the well and she habitually and reverently went to the well at this time each day. I left you at the well as a symbolism and as a type of saying that this is a place where you should have an encounter with the Lord. Somewhere during the course of this week, you've thought about the well, which was her well. But you made it your well because you couldn't think about the well without thinking about the word. The well was a connection to the worship. Because each time you thought about the well during the course of this week, or the message from last week about the Samaritan woman who met at the well and Jesus were there, it connected you to the word. As a result of this coming together, this is space for God by his spirit to influence, interject, and to transfer into you his way and his will. I hope you got that. Good morning, Gloria Tucker. If you thought about the well, it connected you to the word. The word becomes now your worship because it is the path by which now that you have opened, turn your heart and your mind and your thoughts towards God because you can't think about the well without thinking about God. Because the way that the well was delivered to you in the message, which is the gospel that I preach, connects you to the word of truth by which God wants to give to you. You see how it's working. Everything, the well, the woman, Samaria, the course of the week, the thoughts that we have, everything channels back to a pathway for God to communicate with you. I want you to put in the type now, the word worship, W-O-R-S-H-I-P, worship, worship. This is the worship, the pathway. Now, we have had worship service where we come in and we got this one-way thing where we go in and we feel like because we raise our hand and we scream and we speak in tongues and we give prophecy and we sing and we 
do all of these things and we let people talk and we do all of that. We call that our worship. I'm asking you, as you pass this forward, how many times in that experience did you get something back from God? How many times in that experience did you get something back from God? That's right, Regina, worship. How many times when you come to church, you know what you come and you give. I went to church today. I gave God something. How many times did God give something back to you? Was there a transfer between the two? Worship. Listen to Jesus as he opens in conversation with this woman. When he asks her for a drink. He opens in conversation with her. Here is the pathway by which God now is about to change this woman's life forever through worship at the well. He uses the well, which is just an object. It's nothing but a well, people. To her, it was, her, it was a worshiping place. To her, it was a place that was her ancestors. This is Jacob's well. Do you know how deep this well is? This well is deep. That's the same as you saying, I go to Nation's Harvest. That's the church. That's the preacher. That's the man of God over there. That's the well. Nation's Harvest is the well. That's the well. That's the well. It's just an object. It is an object. And others gather together with you at that same place. Nation's Harvest. Now... You are not at Nation's Harvest. This is 495 Highway 67, and nobody is in this building but me, I guess. <laughs> Nobody's here but me. You're not here. So does that mean that you're disconnected from your worship because you can't get to the object, the building, the place, the address? No. God forbid. Where you are, in the clothes that you have on, whether you have brushed your teeth, washed your face or not, you are in the midst of worship. You have not formally got up, dressed up, got in a vehicle and drove miles and come to a church. That's not practical for Samuel Hearth to drive 780 miles to get up. He would have had to have left yesterday to get here today. The Johnsons would have had to left it yesterday to get here this morning. That's not practical. But what if I'm the man that God has assigned for them to, to be fed? The table which they put their feet underneath, the well. What if I'm that person? It's not practical for them to come to this place. Well, they just go to a church where they are. Come on, you all. You've got to tear down what we have built up forever and know that they that worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. Where? In spirit and in truth. Where? In spirit and in truth. Pastor Don, Brother Don, I just want to get down to Don. None of the accolades. I know it's going to be hard from all of y'all, but that's who I am. That's what Harry and Luella call me is Don. 
I don't want anything to get in the way for me getting this message across. Oh, but we want to respect you. We want to respect you. If you want to respect me, do the works of him that sent me. That's the respect that I need. I need you to honor God with everything that you have. Take what you want to give to me and you give it to him. God is deserving of all. I, like Christ, when it was spoken in, uh, uh, in the book, earlier in the book of John, I come to work the works of him who sent me while it is day. I don't need any accolades. Now we're in a time where it's so critical that we're letting our religion and our worship be so connected to people that the whole thing is just falling apart because now we're discovering that men are no better than we are, men of God. They, they're, they're just as fallible. They make just as many mistakes. And now we're losing whole relationship and worship with God because of something that they do. God forbid. Spirit and in truth. That's where we are, in spirit and in truth. All right? Now, let me position myself a little bit while you hold that path. Let me put something else. Let me put something else on your plate. You got that. The worship part, worship. The well just represents a place of worship, just as Nations Harvest. I want you to take a look again at how this thing comes together. First of all, we have the situation that starts in the book of John, chapter 4, verse number 1. You should be there. John, chapter 4, St. John, chapter 4, verse number 1. I want you to notice now the dynamics. Dynamics simply mean that there are many working parts. Dynamics. The dynamics is when working parts come together, come together to perform an action, to complete a task. The dynamics. When we get together, when things come together, here are all the working parts. Rumor is about by way of the Pharisees, which represents church folk, put it out that there was some competition between John's disciples and Jesus. John's disciples, John the Baptist, is baptizing more people than Jesus was. The scriptures make it clear. Jesus hadn't baptized anybody. So they didn't have the facts. They should have fact-checked that. What they put out was just like Facebook. It was nothing but a bunch of lies. I'll say it again, nothing but a bunch of lies. Just a platform for people to go and read and believe what they want to believe and argue with what they don't want to believe. That's all that is. It wasn't nothing but an early day Facebook. Somebody put it on the book that Jesus' disciples is, um, uh, John's disciples is baptizing more than Jesus' disciples. Question, so true because I visited churches too. That's right, I hear you, yes. So notice G Regina's comment there. She's, she's getting in, chiming in. So listen. It's rumored about now, and we go to different places for rumors. We go, I don't even know why you need preachers and pastors anymore. Because you're going to go to your stream or your reliable source to feed what you want to hear anyway. 
I don't even know why you're looking for a preacher. Because if Facebook said it, the preacher ain't going to overdo it. If you read it on Twitter, that ain't going to overdo it. If you saw it on whatever channel you saw it on TV and this what they said, then it doesn't make any difference what he said anyway because it's feeding your itching ear. That's, that's it. It's what you want to hear. The Pharisees put it out, and people started to believe it religiously. So now what they have done is, is they have attempted to infiltrate and contaminate Jesus' message and his cause. And that is that he has come to save men from their sins, to offer them eternal life. But what does the Pharisees do? They turn to what people want to hear. John got this many. Jesus got this many. Because that's what we need. That's all we want to come to church for anyway. That's the only reason we want to assemble anyway, to see what everybody else is doing. Church has been the place where you can find it out. Before the beauty salons, church was it. Before the barbershops, church was it. That was the place where we found out what everybody else was doing. You you hear so-and-so's. That's all. Now, that's one of the dynamics is that the rumor got out. Right after it's rumored, Jesus chooses in John chapter 4, he chooses in verse 4 to go to Samaria. Dynamics. Why does he go towards Samaria? It's because it is in direct response to the idea that it's being rumored about who's baptizing who. Jesus takes his disciples with him. You don't hear it now, but you're going to hear it later because he's going to send them away. But you've got to read. You've got to take the context of the text. His disciples are with him. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar. Specific. Not casual, not accidental, but specific. As a result of what's happening, Jesus goes in a specific direction and ends up in a specific city near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph, considered to them a place of worship. So see, you preacher ain't going to ever preach that Jesus went down to the worshiping place in Sakar, that's down in Samaria because we didn't recognize this, but now you do. Here, just like Jesus went into the temple in Jerusalem, he goes to the well in Sakar, Jacob's well, a place of worship. Somebody say amen so I can know that you're, you're with me now. Jacob's well was there, and now look at the next dynamic. Jesus chooses here to be tired. <laughs> yeah, he chooses to be tired. Jesus want to be tired. He wants to be tired. I'm about to teach you real, I'm teaching you hard now. Jesus wants to be tired right there. I'm going to say it until you just about get it. He left, went in a direction, stopped in a city at a specific place, and then he's tired from the journey. So he sat down by the well. He wanted to be tired because this is a place 
for me to be tired is because even when I'm tired, I don't stop working the works of my father. This is a good place for me to rest and work. Somebody going to get it right there. I'm working and I'm resting and I'm resting and I'm working because shortly there's a woman that's going to show up at the very same spot that I am. She's on her way. As a matter of fact, she shows up in the next verse. Jesus goes in a direction to a specific city, stops at a specific place because he wants to be tired right there. Now, let me talk to you all about something right there. Here's a digression. You got to take this in now. This is where the work comes in. Jesus has, out of 33 years, he only has three years to pull together the plan of redemption. Three years, people. 30 years old, he gets his disciples together, and he got a lot to do in a short period of time. What did Jesus send Don to do? Feed my sheep, feed my lamb. Now, I've spent 40 years, and Jesus did what he did in three years. That's still happening thousands of years later. And I've been doing it for 40 years. That means that probably what I did while I'm here should be still good for the next 100,000 years. Imagine how much time you have to get done what God wants you to do, and you look back and you see the results. Jesus got three years, and he has no time to waste. Everything that he does has to have a divine strategy. Now, I'm late in the game because God only wants to reveal this to me now, but had I have known 30, 40 years ago, to make everything that I do, that was all that I need to make every decision that was to be made. Because I would have known that it's not just to this end. It's going to make it happen in this amount of time. It was going to be a part of something that was much bigger. See, as believers, we believe that God is in control of all things. Amen. But we also believe that God gave us the ability to make choices. Look at Jesus here. God is in control of everything, but Jesus makes choices. He wants to be tired. Right there. Both of these are true. God is controlling everything, and we make meaningful choices. Say amen. All right, I'm going to take it farther. God being in control of all things. This is what we mean when we say he's a sovereign God. Sovereign simply means authority. God is a sovereign God. He is the authority. He has the absolute plan for the entire world. Are you with me? What God says will happen is going to happen. We didn't read that Jesus is going to leave and he's going to go to Samaria. We didn't, we didn't hear that said but we see it happening. We see that Jesus' choices works inside of God's plan. And then as we see this, I want to bring something else out. I wanted to point this out, is that everything that we decide that we want to do, 
That's what we do. Let me see where I, I, I put some notes here. The things that we that we uh, that we want to do. That's what we do. And and we see this every day. Does Jesus want to be tired here? He wants to be tired. And while he is resting, he is working. This brings together what we have in the book of Romans, that all things, I need, every, I need everyone to type that in, all things, all things, all things. Everybody, I need everybody to type that now, all things. Everybody should be typing that in. All things. Romans 8 and 28. And we know, and we know that all things work together for good, the dynamics, all things works under God's sovereignty, his authority, all things work together for good to them. Jesus knows that when he stops at this well, that this is a good thing. It was good to him. As the love that he has for God who is in authority, this is a good place for me to stop. Now, I need to put this in. Does God know at this point, or does Jesus know that the woman is on her way? I want to just stop and just make an interjection here. I want to stop and just, I need us to really open this up. Does Jesus know that this woman is on her way there? Or is he operating out of what we operate out of each day? And that is, Lord, order my steps. And for some reason, that's what we call it. I don't know why, but I just want to stop at this place. Or does he foreknow that that woman is going to be at that well? Now, take Don in his life. There are many things that happen from day to day. As I start and I'm constantly worshiping and I'm constantly praying that people show up and things happen. And then it's after the fact that I say, God, now I see what you were doing before. You were setting this up so that I could be right there. Now, I didn't foreknow it. But then when it comes, the dynamics, when it works, to, when it comes together, it's like now it makes sense. It's like I decide to go in 30 minutes later to the store or I decide to go in an hour earlier and then something else happens on top of that that works together to something that affects the next year or could affect the rest of my life. All things. How God does this, I can't answer people. But the sovereign God, the God of authority, so 
I had to say that so I could say this. Everything that we do is what we want to do. While everything that we want to do is a part of God's plan. See, I know you could argue this and you could shake your head and say, no, I don't think so because there's some stuff that I did that that couldn't have been because it was so sinful. But they are what we want and it's what God wants too. Just stay with me. Don't, don't get your feathers ruffled. Stay with me. Let me make sure you can hear me. All things work together Romans 8, all things work together for good to them that love God. Where you're going to see this, like you'll never see it any other place, I'm walking very carefully here. is the death of Jesus Christ. No one around Jesus wanted him to be crucified because that's not a good thing. And it was the result of sinful acts. People who just had it out for Jesus and they weren't going to stop until he was dead. But no one around him wanted that to happen because that wasn't a good thing. But Jesus did not stop moving towards his death while everyone around him thought that this cannot happen. We're not going to let this happen. Jesus' response to Peter when it starts happening is, don't even talk to me like that. Get thee behind me, Satan. You have to have such a relationship with God to know that, God, the things that I cannot even control that are out of my hands, that I become a part of, it's working for your good. I've got to know, help me, Holy Spirit, that I'm not even big enough. I'm not great enough or grand enough, and I don't possess the power to do something that God does not will to be done. I'm going to say that one more time. Even if I put it in my little bitty pea mind that I'm going to do something like go out and shoot up a whole lot of people. God forbid, but listen carefully because people get things wrong. Let me say this, that if I decided to go out and do something horrendous, crazy, the only way that that is going to be completed is that God permits it because he has total authority. No one can break into your house except it is permitted. Nothing can work outside of God's authority. If Jesus had not have died, we would not have had the opportunity to have eternal life. 
but was it a good thing? No, it worked together. It worked. Read what it says. This thing, Jesus's death, worked together for the good to them that love God. Now, when my house burns down, if it should burn down, I've got to find a relationship with God to say, Lord, I don't understand this. But I do know one thing. You cannot lie. It's working together for good. My car broke down. I lost my job. I lost a child. My second born. I'm a young man. Children not supposed to die before their parents. I lost a child to a radical death. My twin, my second born, to all of my children dying. And I've got to find a place to say that that's working together for good to me because I love God. That is not just about just me because in the first place you gave her to me. And I should never forget that she is her, yours, before she is mine. And shall I, should ever forget, should I ever forget that I am yours before I am my own? We do what we want to do. But what we want to do is what God wants to do because there is no way that you can do what you do without it being inside of God's sovereignty, his authority. People, I'm going somewhere with this, and I'm going right back to that well because I'm about to talk about this woman's husband's because I know that's what you all want to hear about, but I got to get this through to you. You all think that this world is going to hell in a handbasket. The devil is a lie. Y'all think that it's all over because of who's the president. Y'all think it's over because of what taxes they put on us. You think that it's over because of this, and you think that it's over because of that. But yet, those that truly love God are shouting hallelujah. See, we want God to be God, and we want him to be an authority until something happens to us, and then all of a sudden, it's not the will of God. Because we want to change what people do. We want to change how they act. And we want it to be favorable to us. Let me get back over here so I can see what people are saying. Because y'all might be telling me to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, we start wrestling with our relationship with God. We start wrestling with our worship when we fail to accept the idea that God is in authority. Jesus stopped at this well because he's about to revolutionize what I'm preaching today. And he did it with a woman that was sitting at a well. Thank you, Lord, for getting tired at the well. Because if this had have never happened, I wouldn't have this message. To point out to people who say that they love you, 
that you can't just accept God being in authority when things are going your way. I'm sitting in a room right now. <laughs> this is my way of letting my wife know that tomorrow morning it's going to be cold in here. And that heating unit in there is not working. It's 30 degrees, and I'm trying to reach down here and put my heater up because it's a little cold in here. And I never was going to tell you that, but it's working its way in my message. Do I look like I'm shivering? Do I look like I'm cold? I'm warm by the words that's coming out of my mouth. It's cold in here right now. And here's the thing. I was actually going to call and tell you all, because it's so cold, we'll have service next week. But instantaneously... What I wanted to do was what I did, and that was I got up and I came down here because I had to be right here to tell you that the heat is not on, and that's working for the good. So now we can do something to make sure that tomorrow that is on. Now, my wife, don't you lose the rest of this message over there. Don't start thinking. Don't God is in control. Everything. If you don't type all things right now, it better be because you don't have any fingers. If you don't know how to spell, I want you to put in there A-L-T-H-A-N-G-S, all things. But I want everybody typing all things because God is a sovereign God. I know that there's some stuff that have happened in your life that you having a problem with. And you got enough sense to have a problem with God. So you having a problem with people. But I'm telling you right now, you ought to get over that. I don't care who you are blaming about what you're blaming them about. If God didn't permit it, <laughs> it would not have happened. It's coming through all things. I ain't got that's just two people with fingers, Eddie and Regina. I got to have a consensus. I got all things with four exclamation points, five, six, all things. I ain't going to stop until all things. There it is again. I'm not going to stop until everybody is here. We're going to be on one accord right now. God's going to get the glory out of this because all of us are going to declare all things. I don't care if we can't spell, if we can't type. You're going to put forth the effort right now, all things. All things. Y'all better type. <laughs> Regina said, get over it. Hallelujah. And go on so that God can just bring us into the place that he wants us to be, which is in his love and in his care. But we can't get over stuff. It's because we refuse in our worship, in our way of worship, our techniques. We so stuck on the well until we can't get in the God of the well. We so stuck in the blessings until we can't get into the God of the blessings. We stuck on the stuff. We stuck, on the cre we, we stuck on the creation instead of the creator. We're hung up on the things instead of the God of the things. That's why we can't get where God wants us to be. That's why we can't have the peace that he wants us to have. That's why we take in Ozempic. That's why you do it. That's why you are... That's, there is no reason. I declare the words of the comedian. And the comedian say there is no reason that we should be depressed. No reason that we should be stressed out. No reason. 
I have to tell my own body, not today. Not in this hour. God is God. All things are working. Why am I worried? Why am I stressing about things when God is in control? It doesn't make sense. Stuff, Eddie. All the stuff. God didn't give you this to put you in captivity. He didn't bless you with this so that he could put you in bondage. God gave you this so that the things would be something that reminded you of who you are to him. That's right. It's going to be 60 degrees next week, all things. But this week, while it's 17, yet, God, we thank you. While it's 6, while it's 4, no reason. Samuel, no reason. He didn't give, man, look, you here 89 years. The last thing you need to be worried about is how much longer I got. Let that be the last thing that you think about. Today, while you're at the well, tell the Lord, God, I thank you. I'm not worried about how much longer I got. I'm not worried about if God kept you, why you how are you going to worry about your children when you were one of the biggest got in all of the devilment that a devil could get into? If God kept you, he can keep your hard-headed child. Stop acting like you did everything right all of the time. God has been in control. Whatever mud you played in, whatever, whatever tree house, whatever woods you went into, whosoever house, whatever liquor you sipped, whatever tobacco you smoked as a kid, all of that. And now you want to look at your kids and you want to think like the devil just doing God is in control. And he's at the well, and I'm standing right there because every day, baby, I meet him at the well. I meet him at the well several times a day. The devil ain't going to ever catch pegs on me and say, oh, I'm going to trip him because he's on his way at the well. And I tell the devil, devil, nah, 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 I'm already at the well. I ain't ever left the well. I'm at the well. I stay at the well. I stay in worship. Wherever I am, I worship him in spirit and in truth. Thank you, Lord. I'm preaching this. Lord, if I don't preach another one, I'm preaching this one today. I worship him in the beauty of his holiness. I worship him. I stay in worship. So much so that what I want to do, Paul said, the things that I would to do, I do not. And the things that I would not to do, that thing I do. I see that there is a law that is now in my members. But guess what? God's still going to get the glory. Because while they stretched him wide, baby, and while they hung him long, God was still getting the glory. And then Jesus cried from Calvary and said, Eli, Eli, lama sabathani, which is my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And God shouted back at him and said, I've glorified you once. I'm going to glorify you again. Wow, he's dying for me. God said, I'm going to glorify you again. I did it once, my son. I'm going to do it again. While they are crucifying me, God is raising me up. Y'all don't realize there's a resurrection before there's a crucifixion. Preach that. Let me get up for a minute. I got to do my dance. <laughs>
a resurrection before there is a crucifixion. Because the God that I serve, before my daughter died, there was already a resurrection. Before Latasha breathed her last breath, there was already a resurrection. Now you think that you're going to have me all humped down and, oh, Lord, I ain't going to be able to make it. God got, and the thing is, you better be careful how you think about that because when he took that one, he has 11 more that he can take. <laughs> now you go. Y'all ain't, ain't got that many. And then he ain't got to just take them 11. He can start on grandkids. Now he got 25 he can take. But you know what? To God be the glory for all of it. <sighs> because there was a resurrection before there was a crucifixion. Talk, Don. Preach, Holy Ghost. You up in this room here today. I, I, it wouldn't be like this if it wasn't so cold. <laughs> yes, sir. The sovereignty of God. The woman at the well. The woman at the well. The woman at the well. Let me get back to the woman at the well. Because y'all got me in here messed up. I messed up. I don't even know where I am. Take over, Holy Spirit. I, I, don't, even know which, I don't even know which tab to click. I don't even know where I am. The woman at the well. In verse number seven. <laughs> the woman at the well. Aren't you glad you stayed at the well? Okay, so in verse number seven, Jesus got tired. Why? Because he wanted to. The next time you just decide to just go ahead and tell the Lord, Lord, thank you. <laughs> I want to because you want to. And I want what you want. And the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So there ain't no want in the want. I'm here. And that's why I am today. I'm here because I want to be here. But the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So it ain't no want. I'm here. Y'all ain't hearing me yet. Yes, that's what I just preached. That's what I just said. Jesus wanted to be tired at noon. Whew, another piece of the dynamic. At noon. When? Noon. Where? At the well. What city? Sychar, in what continent? Samaria. But God had to make Samaritans a long time ago. He had to make half-breeds, biracials, for this to happen. So way back 4,000 years before Jesus got to the well, his father made a Samaritan for a Samaritan to be at the well. Because if God hadn't have made a Samaritan, Jesus couldn't have met a Samaritan at the well. So what they call bad, which were the Jews, the Samaritans bad, God said they good. I'm messed up. He made the Samaritans so that Jesus could stop at the well so that when they got the word out and the rumor out that Cassie going to hell, Don going too, Janet going to be on her way, Regina and all them folk down there, they all going to hell. It's set up like that so they could see us so that God could get the glory out of all of it. So to all of y'all, that think that I'm on my way, then God wants you looking at me because he needed you to think that that's where I'm on my way to so he could show you that what you thought ain't what it really is because what he wants is <laughs> what I want. Glory. Glory. And let me give, give y'all another news flash. <laughs> 
I didn't come here to be saved. I was saved when I got here. <laughs> I was predestined. Before I even got here, before I was in my mother's womb, I was already the call of the Lord. I was that way when I got here. I didn't have anything. God already did that. Well, then why is he all of that? That's because you all are the one trying to create hells to send folks to. God didn't do that. That's you. Now, I'm finna talk about something now. Some of y'all finna really be disappointed because the hell that y'all think that y'all, the folk going to, the only person going to wind up there is you, So, and you're going to notice that the person that you thought was going to be there ain't going to be there. That's why you need to stop saying folk going to hell because the only one going to be in hell is you so that you can discover that who you thought was going to be there ain't there, but you're going to be there. So stop dispatching folks to hell. You just strive so that you don't end up there. Huh? Shucks. <laughs> uh, I declare over my life that before I got here, I was already heaven bound. <laughs> Sucks. Y'all said, listen, listen. And you think that I'm going to actually do something while I'm here out of what I want to do that's going to stop me from a predestined plan? That's another teaching. But before God let me mess this up, he'll take me home. That's, I got to take that out of Corinthians. But boy, when I preach that one, it says that before your works be burned, God will take you out of the matrix. That's another sermon. You can't mess this up. You could mess it up if you tried to. God is a sovereign God. He's a sovereign God. There ain't no sickness that can take you out of here. There ain't no disease that can take you out of here. COVID, I'm going to say it one more time, got me on this mic sitting at this desk right now. Samuel, my double first cousin, which is the blood of a brother, me and Janet, our mama and, my, and our daddy married, they, two sisters married two brothers. So that make all of their kids double first cousin. Now I'm finna say something. Samuel loved God with all of his heart. And Samuel is right here with his brother every Sunday since COVID. But if it hadn't been for COVID, I'd still be calling him every now and then, Sam, how you doing? You doing all right? But I'm in worship with him every day. I'm sitting right here. I'm getting the word every day. Keita Maxwell sit in the classroom with Cassie, passing notes, doing stuff to be kicked out of school on a daily basis. And all they got into all their life was, I don't know what they got into, but here they are sitting together in worship. Keita's husband, E7, Hua, that's my brother, that's my comrade in arms. We can sit and have the conversation and, and enjoy the goodness of life while we sitting there talking. That's my brother, Chris. I wouldn't have never met him if I hadn't have married my wife, whose best friend was Keita. And now we sitting here in church. All things working together. Y'all don't see, we not here because we kinfolk. We here because God brought us together in this place of worship. Let me teach this lesson. Jesus sent his disciples off to get food. Because he didn't need and want them to be there when that woman showed up because they wasn't ready for it. Sometimes God will pull you out of the place of the church house is because he's working something else.
while he do something else. He moves you out of the place. Sometimes you think you fell out with people because of what went on, but God is just, he's adjusting things. He's adjusting things. Me and my nephew didn't speak for three years over something that was dumb. God is adjusting things. Some of y'all out there right now having odds with your sister, with your brother. You think the end has come. Whoa. You think that the end has come. Y'all think that it's over. God's adjusting things. You, you're doing what you want to do, but at the same time, God is doing what he wants to do, and what you want to do is what he wants to do because he's the one that's pulling the strings. He's working this. Now, here's what y'all better do, and I'm going to move on. Go ahead and get over the idea of whatever somebody did and just know that God is in control. Now, I ain't saying you got to go call him. You don't go tell him you apologize. You don't have to do any of that. All I want you to do is put it in your mind that God is in control. Put it in your heart that God is in control. Let him work the rest. See, now, on the other hand, people think that when they get a sermon, oh, I better go call them and tell them I'm sorry because I got convicted. And I said, I didn't tell you to go call nobody. I didn't tell you to go and, and reconnect with nobody. I'm not telling you to do any of that. I'm telling you to get out of the way so that the fullness of God can start occurring in your life so that you can get some real joy, some joy and some peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm talking about so you can get some sleep, people. Amen. He sent the disciples away because they weren't ready for the magnitude of what he's about to do right now in this woman's life. He uses this woman who shows up at the well, at the well. And when she gets there, they open for discussion. He says, give me a drink. First thing that she says is the obvious. See how she worship? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. What does the Jews have to do with the Samaritans? Look at it. You see it. I'm talking about it. You reading it. What do I have to do with you? We don't mess with each other. I know that people have said, and I may have white people listening to me, that white people ain't S and Negroes can't be trusted. Oh, yeah, we all heard it. Stop playing like you didn't hear it. And just because I said it, don't trip. You say it when it's convenient for you. Listen to it in the sermon. White people ain't asked, and Negroes can't be trusted. Now, y'all figure out the way that's really said, because you know how it's said, and I know how to say it too. huh? But you better stop letting little bitty stuff like that and little cliches get in the way of the love of God. As a matter of fact, when it comes to trust, you ought not trust no man. You ought to put your trust in God. Because let me tell you, it don't make any difference about the color of their skin. Folk will do you dog dirty no matter what color they are. Y'all letting stuff trip you up that you ought not let trip you up. God chooses to have favor in your life through whomever he chooses. Jesus had favor with everybody, Samaritans, Jews, Gentiles, uh, bond, free, in jail. Wherever Jesus went, he had favor. He could show up anywhere. He didn't, need a, he didn't need a platinum card from Marriott. He didn't have to be with Hilton. Wherever Jesus pulled up, he could lay his head. He, he told y'all, fox have holes, birds have nests, but I, the son of man, have no place to lay his head. But every night, Jesus rested comfortably. Oh, don't have me call Mary and Martha. 
they fell out because they both wanted to be special when Jesus got to their house. Don't have me preaching in here today. I've been in this too long now for you to fool me, bamboozle me, and hoodwig me over some mess. My wife has white jeans inside her body. Now, how am I going to be that? Which means that my children got white jeans in their body. How are we going to do this? Y'all, come on, help me out with this. We're getting messed up over the wrong thing. God is in control. God got everybody being everything that he wants them to be. This woman is a Samaritan woman, which simply means from 2 Kings chapter 17, that they were the ones when Assyria took the Israelites, the children of God, into captivity, they started having children by the people of that land. Whenever the Jews would see one of them impregnated by one of the other Assyrian people, they trip out, and they started calling them Samaritans, which is a mixture of a Jewish person and a person of Assyria. Now, Jesus even told the disciples, don't go in the way of the Samaritans or in the way of, that's what he said. He taught it. But yet, here he is at the well. At the well with this Samaritan woman. Now, the dynamics of it all says that everything that people have thought that they wanted to do, which is what God wanted them to do to get them to this point, is so that his son and our savior could have this encounter so that this message could come forward. He said, woman, if you knew who I were, instead of me asking you to have a drink, you would be asking me for a drink. Because when you drink of the water that you drink that I have, you shall thirst no more. I hope you all are getting that message right there. If you would go ahead and let go of all of this stuff that people are having to say, the things that are going on in this world, now you don't have to be blind and ignorant, but for God's sake, stop letting it interfere with your worship. Let me tell y'all something. I'm gonna be real transparent this morning. I like and I enjoy good wine, good bourbon mm -hmm. I allow that everybody ain't ready for that but the people that I got in here this morning ain't got no problem with that there ain't anything that I allow that interferes with my place of worship hear me clearly because this is a teaching part right here you've got to have your own sanctuary that cannot be touched by anything that you do in this world. Sanctuary, my sanctuary. Sanctuary is where I worship. And what I do and what I allow, as far as that's concerned, I eat bacon, but ain't no pork in my sanctuary. But ain't no beef in there either. Ain't no bourbon in there, ain't no wine in there. There ain't nothing in my sanctuary. You know why? Because I don't allow things in my sanctuary. I may mess around and you say something to me and I may give you one of them good words, but I don't let that get in my sanctuary. I don't let when I fall out with you get in my sanctuary. There is a place in me that I preserve that I don't let anything get into. And that is that you ain't going to make me hate you.
because of anything that we say or do. I ain't even going to stay mad at you too long. I ain't going to let anything interfere with my worship to God. I ain't going to let it be that I'm so upset. And people will get upset. I ain't going to church today because I, and we've been taught this back from the day that we had communion. Don't go and take communion today. Don't take communion today because you did something last night. More the reason you need to be in there drinking up all the grape juice and eating all the crackers because of the, the mess that you got into last night. They taught us wrong. They didn't say come close to him because, so that he can cleanse you. They taught us to get far from him like we can hide our sin. God permitted sin. If he had not have permitted sin, that would have not been a crucifixion. Oh, I know I'm preaching now. In the book of Colossians, it said, if they had known that he was the king of glory, they never would have crucified our Lord and Savior. They didn't even realize themselves what they were doing, but it was all a part of God's sovereign plan. There is nothing that we can do that will cause us to unsave ourselves. And don't you, this woman at the well, she is actually, when she enters in this conversation with Jesus Christ, he looks at her and he says to her, now we always thought that she had five husbands like James, Robert, Sam, David, and Don. That's what we thought. He wasn't talking about men when he said you have five husbands. He was saying to her, you are Samaritan and you all worship five different gods. I am the bride of Christ. Christ is the husbandman. I am the bride. Stay with me. Christ is the husband. I am the bride. This Samaritan woman is the bride. Her gods are the husbands. He ain't talking about men. He's talking about gods. You got five husbands. You have five different gods that you have to answer to. You have five different gods that you are loyal to. You have five different gods. So that means that you ain't faithful to any of them because you got five of them. He didn't say you had five husbands. That's the word that preachers have missed. But God revealed, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Don't let me say that because there are others that have gotten this. He didn't say you had five husbands. You have them presently right now, which means that you are a bigamist. You into polygamy. You got five husbands. You got five gods that you're trying to worship, but you still coming down here to Jacob's well, which means you're trying to worship my father too. You ain't loyal. That's all he's saying to the woman. The one that you got now is not yours. He's speaking now of the God of Israel. You have five and the one that you have right now, the one that you come down to this well to because you ain't loyal to him, you ain't dedicated to him. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I might have to have a part three, but I may let y'all go back. I'm going to let you go back. I'm not going to leave you at the well, but I'm about to, about to let you go now. Listen, he says, the one that you have now is not yours. Now, I'm about to challenge you all. Is God 
our Father, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah, Jehovah Tiskanu, the, the God, our God, the Father of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today, is he yours? Are you loyal? Are you committed? Are you faithful? Oh, I'm asking you now. Oh, I know you got some other little gods. You got some little bitty husbands out there. Some of y'all, your job is your husband. Some of y'all, your wife is your husband. Your husband is your husband. In other words, you got loyalty to everything but your creator. Woman, you got five husbands. <laughs> Not had. Who are y'all loyal to today? Who really gets the reverence in your life? Who really gets the true praise in your life? Who gets the true worship in your life? Y'all be saying, I'm going to love the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. All of it? Really? All of it? All of it? Or do you have five husbands? I'm not going to go to Second Kings. You can go and read them yourself. And you'll see all of the gods. Yeah, I'm going to have to say it. Second Kings chapter 17, verse number 30. I'm going to read, start at verse number 27. Then the king of Assyria gave this order. Have one of the priests you took captive from Samaria to go back to live there and teach the people what the God of the land requires. You go back and you take those people that we have taken into captivity and you teach them what the God of this land requires. So one of the priests who had been exiled from Samaria came to live in Bethel and taught them how to worship the Lord. Nevertheless, each national group made its own gods in several towns where they settled. And then he names five gods. And I'm not going to even try to make those names. Sakoth, Benoth, Kutha, Nergal, Hamath, Hashma. Five husbands. Their name. Kita say you're making it make sense. Praise God. See, what you let upset you all the time, that's your God. What you let get under your skin, that's your God. That's what you worship. You're going to continue to have financial problems as long as you keep loving money. Because the m money ain't the root of no evil. The book of Ecclesians, in the book of Ecclesiastes, from the Ecclesian, the preacher said, money answereth all things. Get that thing right. The love of money is the root of all evil. Don't let money be your God. Man, when they, the song back in the day was telling you when he said, money, 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 money. 
Some people got to have it. Some people really need it. What you going to do with it? Sell a precious body for it. Hate me. People that owe you money look to get paid back. But if they don't ever pay you back, don't trip that hard. People went out and they, they did what to what? What's, what you worshiping? In this land that we live, in this day and time, January 21st of 2024, you look at the news every day. They'll make anything that they can your God. I need my father-in-law. I wish I could be. I'm going to call him as soon as I get through. I hope he's hearing me. Dad, won't they make everything? You watch the news. They will make everything your God. We don't know nothing about Hamas. They make commercials because they want us to hate those people. And those people hadn't did nothing. They ain't over there in Jerusalem. Don't let them fool y'all. They put on there. They made us think that right here in Decatur, Alabama, 2 Kings chapter 17. 2 Kings chapter 17. And I ain't going to put no ending verse. Just start reading at about verse 27. Second Kings 17, start reading at verse 27 and keep reading. They made us think because Steve Perkins was shot on, what was it, October the 23rd, whatever day he was shot. They made us think that downtown Decatur on 2nd Avenue, they made it look like it was Watts back when Rodney King was killed. I'd be down there every day. And all they're doing right downtown Decatur, and I'm right in front of the Princess Theater, is those people just want to open their businesses and they want to go on. And they want the city of Decatur to stop all of these racist cops, both blacks and whites, because we got some blacks that do us dog dirty. They done slammed just as many black people as white cops have. Oh, yeah. And they want to make you think that they downtown and that they just really down there. And let me tell you what's really happening every day. 119 2nd Avenue, Decatur, Alabama. Jason from Little Cigar Shop. Um, the owner of Moe's and Mellow Mushroom. John from Joseph's. John Weeks from Joe. They coming down there every day because I'm the only black man down there. And they say, Don, what should we do? I say, don't close. Stay right here. Black people ain't upset at y'all. They not down here to hurt you all. Stop believing what they pumping in the news to you having you bamboozled and hoodwigged. You ain't got no reason. They don't want to do anything to you. But the thing is, it ain't going to stop. I'm just trying to tell you. Don't get distracted by the things going on around you. That's right, LaVita. Because they'll have you making and they'll have you just pulling your hair out. Then my sister calls. She said, I can see. And I have to remind my sister, I'm good. But you better believe when I say run, boy, when I say run, we better start running when it's time to run. But we're fine. But what we want is we are looking for when we say justice, not the justice of men. We want the mercy of God. 
I'm about to put something in here concerning this. And I'm going to leave that alone. We don't want no justice. We want mercy. Justice is what men give you. Mercy is what God has. That's why, anyway, this woman had five gods. Now, I'm sending you away from the well, and I want you to go back into the town, and I want you to tell people who you met at the well. Based on this message today, I want everybody that you run into to tell them about your worship with God. The time you spent with him, the conversation that you had concerning you, because he didn't talked about you. He's talked about nobody but you. He's told you about yourself. And I want you to go during the course of this week. Don't look for a conversation to have, but know that God is about to send it to you. And when that conversation is ensued, I want you to be on it like white on rice. God is going to give you an opportunity not to preach what I'm preaching right now, but he's going he's gonna to let you see during the course before we are together again. He's going to let you have an encounter. And because of what you had at the well with worshiping God, you're going to know how to respond. You're going to know how to deal with it. Because you're not going into this blind, but you're going into this with the glory of the most high God as your eyes because you're walking by faith and not by sight. I'm going to meet you next week, and we're going to work some more on this. I've been here now for an hour and a half. But during the course of this week, I want you to go back, just like Jesus sent this woman. Now and then, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, we're going to pick it up next week. I'm not leaving you at the well. I want you now to leave this little worship place. Leave this uh, broadcast. Leave this streaming episode and go back now in your house, in your home, in your community, in the people that you deal with, your children, everybody. You go back and you tell them to come and see a man. Roger that. Hey, whoa. you go tell them to come and see a man. Not Don, but come and see a man that opened my eyes, that let me see that the way this thing is falling out, God is in control. He's in control of it all. Let me tell y'all something. There's an old spiritual song that says, if I die, <laughs> I want to die holy. They shouldn't have said if I, they should have said when I. I ain't, I'm not going to go there, y'all. I can't go there. But during the course of this week, I want you to tell somebody to come and see a man. And I ain't talking about Don Hurth, but I want you to tell them to come and see a man that told me all there was. Because right now, you know that it's working in you, Chris. You know it's working in you, Sam. You know that it's working in you, Eddie. You know this right now. It's stirring in you. You know what I'm preaching right now. It's stirring inside of you because of the time that you're taking right now to consider all things and know that God is in control. Go back to Samaria. You're already in Samaria. You go back to your neighborhood. You go back to the people that you're around every day, the people that you talk to. 
you tell them to come and see a man. In other words, stop worshiping the gods of this land, the gods of this time. Stop getting yourself stressed out. Stop being oppressed. Stop being, stop doing all it. Stop. Come see a man. Come and see a man. Samuel, it ain't over. Dad, it ain't over. Eddie, it ain't over. LaVita, it's not over. Janet, it's not over. Keita, Chris, it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. God kept us here for this. He kept us here for this. Next week, we're going to pick this up. And we're going to go back to that woman's town. And we're going to listen to her. Now, here's what I want you to know. To all of y'all that's got a problem with a woman preacher, God just called her. <laughs> hey, he said, you go and tell them. So all of y'all, just like me, see, I came up in a Baptist church. God ain't called no woman to preach. What did he just send this woman to do? You go and you tell them. Same thing he told me. Go tell them the experience that you had with me. That's all I'm preaching, people. When I tell you God is good, you ought to holler back at your boy. Yes, he is. And when I say all the time, you ought to say God is good. And all the time, all the time, everything, in all things, he working good. Hallelujah. You go and you tell them, and then we're going to come back. Because when she come back, I know you all reading it. She ain't coming back by herself. And the disciples are going to be there when she get back. Now you're going to see the dynamics of when everything come together. Stay ready. If the Lord tarry, if he stay his hand, which simply means if, if he don't come and get one of us or any of us or all of us, I'll see you here next week. If he come get us, hallelujah. If we still here, hallelujah anyhow. But we're going to do that. You go next week. We're coming back to the well and you're going to bring some folks with you. And the disciples going to be here when you get back. Meaning all of them that don't like the folk that you're going to bring back going to be right here. I want you to go get some folk that folks said they going to hell. You go get some folks that church folk don't like. They shouldn't have ever let me in church house. They shouldn't have ever let me in house. I know people don't particularly like me, but God says, He's mine. You go get some people that's having a problem with everything. I just want to have a talk with them. You tell them to meet me back here at the well. Tell them to tune in right here. And we're going to see something next week when all of them folks that people don't want to have nothing to do with, because see, that person used to be you. And with some folks, still is. They don't want nothing to do with you. We go to... we. I'm, I'm finished. I'm trying to be finished. We sit in church with folks every Sunday that we just don't even like. We sitting up in here and we talking about we have in church. It got bad thoughts of people that's right up in it because we just like the disciples. But next week, we coming back here, right here, back at the well. All right? Listen, here's what I want you all to do. Bless the ministry with your giving. Bless the ministry with your giving. I don't know where some, some people went. Bless it with your giving. Don't forget there's a way for you to do it, and I want you to, to bless it with your giving, all right? You all know what to do. I, I hope that people were able to stay in here. Uh, 
yeah, I see, I see mostly everybody. But some of y'all ain't been saying nothing. Text something. Taffy. Hey, TT Tap. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I'm finished. God shed his blood for people like us. Gina say, I'll see you back at the well. I'll see you back here. Go back and you tell them about a man. And I'll see y'all next week. And I'll meet you back. Don't stay at the well. Last week I left you at the well. This week go back. And then come back next week and all of us. You mean all of us? Yeah, all of us are going to meet right here with all of them Samaritan folks. We're going to meet right here with all of them Samaritan folks right here at the well. And the disciples going to be here, them that's judgmental. Ooh-wee, boy, I can't wait to get back. I'm like Cassie was this morning. I can't wait. And that's why I'm finna end right now. I'll be on preach next week this week because it ain't cold in here no more. God bless y'all. I love you. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Jesus.